Hey, this is John Gunter at the Eagle Community Church of Christ. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Uh, we're so glad that you'd be interested in our teaching there. We want to also invite you to come see us. We're there in Mont Bellevue. You can find us on Eagle Drive, which is 13631 FM 3360. And again, that's up north on Eagle Drive. We'll have flags out saying worship with us and, uh, and all of those things. So uh, we'd love to, to meet you in person. This week, we continue our Stronger Summer series. Uh, this is a rarity, uh, preaching on July 4th. And uh, the, the topic today is Stronger in Our Freedom. And of course, that's our freedom in Christ that we experience as Christians. So again, so grateful that you would tune in and uh, uh, we hope that this is a blessing to you and come and see us as soon as you can. Well, good morning again. Uh, so glad that you would be with us. Again, those of you worshiping, worshiping here and online, thank you for being with us. Um, and happy 4th of July. I, I think... This is the first fourth that has ever landed on a Sunday for me, um, so uh, it's a different thing. Apparently, some people have some expectations of um, me wearing red, white, and blue on a day like today. I was met at the door this morning, said, why, where's your patriotic gear, your, your outfit? And so uh, we tried to string together that I had a little bit of blue on, got some white on, and the rest of it I can't tell you about, so we'll just, we'll just go with that. But uh, a lot of you are wearing some, uh, some patriotic stuff and look, looks awesome. We're, we're thankful that you're here uh, on this holiday weekend, that you could make it. Uh, never know what to expect. The first service actually had more this time, and so uh, next, next holiday we'll let them take off, and I think there's a few less this time, so y'all have to be here both services, uh, but we'll work something out. And I wanted to say, uh, never, our, I still have not gotten used to communion, picking it up in the back. I saw a couple of you get up. The only saving grace for me is that I have two services to get it. So if I forget the first service, I, ah, I'll get a second service. So uh, never, never feel bad if, you need to, if you've forgotten that because I still forget it. Um, and it's nothing like the preacher you know, sitting on the front row and somebody comes to, you know, hey, you need to throw away your communion stuff. It's like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not taking today. So uh, y'all just uh, forgive me if, if you see that. Uh, today, we're, we're continuing our Stronger Summer series, again, uh, just encouraging our church to continue growing and continue moving towards God throughout the summer, that even though we have vacations and holidays and, and all the things like that, that we continue uh, growing and, and wanting to move closer to God. So uh, I thought, well, what better topic to talk on today than Stronger in Our Freedom? So I know in a, in a place like this, we're we're in America, we're in East Texas, and we've got strong feelings about what freedom means, don't we? And so I want us, as we go through this time together, that we are pondering the question, what is freedom? And what all does that encompass? Does freedom mean we get to do whatever we want? Because sometimes it seems like that's what we're arguing for, right? I want to be free. I want you to allow me to do whatever it is I want to do. Uh, here in this country, we have the freedom to do a lot of different things, uh, even like the freedom of speech. But even in the freedom of speech, do we have the freedom to say whatever we want without consequences? No. Uh, Howard can go over to the movie theater here in just a little bit and yell fire in the midst of a, of a movie theater. There will be consequences for that, won't there? Okay, and so I just want to ponder uh, as we go through this, 
What does freedom mean to me? And specifically, as we go through this lesson, what does it mean to have a freedom in Christ? Because for us, our freedom never is limited to the country we are in or the state or the political party or anything like that. But freedom for the Christian is much broader and much greater and much more powerful than anything that we find within our, our country. And so we're going to talk about that for a few minutes today. Uh, the projector got bumped, and so I think some of your words may be hanging off. I will read those to you, though. Uh, we're starting in Galatians 5 as, as we ponder this. So uh, just as we begin, I want to kind of pitch to you the whole thought behind Galatians. Uh, the book of Galatians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. And they had some issues, and the main issue is that uh, though they were free in Christ, though they had heard about Jesus, the church kept wanting to go back to being under the law. So it wasn't uh, we have accepted Jesus, it's we accept Jesus plus something else. And the church is real bad about that sometimes. Yeah, I want you to know Jesus. Yeah, I want, to, I want you to be baptized into his blood. Plus you need to keep this or you're not a Christian. Okay, and so we can do that as well. And so what the church here was doing was we want to go back under the law. We want to keep the, the things the law told us to keep. And Paul's argument through this whole thing is you've been set free and you keep putting yourself back under something else. And so we'll talk about that just a little more. So in Galatians 5, Paul says this, so I say, is that the, is that the first verse there? No, it's not. We're missing one. Any way to grab that real quick, Donald? I can pull that up on my phone if I need to. I think we're in verse 13. And you know who put that in, in the, uh, the software? Me. So <laughs> this, this is on me. I'm just glad I caught it. One time I, uh, I called my grandparents, my parents, or my parents, my grandparents, or something like that, and I never caught it. I just kept on preaching. Everybody's out there giggling. I thought, man, I must be funny, you know? <laughs> well, because John's a little goofy sometimes. All right, in verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Church, have you heard that? Have you heard me preach that since I've been here? Over and over and over, Scripture comes back to this one point. Jesus will tell you, a man comes up to him, and he says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. So over and over in Scripture, what we see is, Everything hinges on this right here, that you love your neighbor as yourself. Because if I love God, I love the people God loves. And I love those people. I care about how they, how they feel and what they want, what they desire. And I want you to do well. And so it's not a competition. It's not envy. It's not all these things that we love each other. He says, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh Rather, serve each other humbly in love. And so Paul is saying right here that you have been given a freedom. You have been given a freedom in Jesus Christ. The question is, how are you going to use it? 
And so the, the choice for the church is, well, I am free in Jesus Christ. I have been saved. I'm going to go and live my life however I want to live it. Or is it something else? Does freedom mean I can do whatever? Does freedom mean freedom within something else? Freedom within the rules. Maybe that's not the way we normally think about what freedom is. One of my professors at Lipscomb uses, I think, a perfect example for this. Anybody play an instrument? Anybody in here? Yeah, a few of you. And so the difference between when you start playing and you're trying to figure out if you're playing a guitar, you know, the, uh, where you're putting your, your fingers on the guitar and you're just trying to hit the right note versus someone who's been playing a long time. And they know what to play, and they know the chords, and they know how to play it. And you think about like a bluegrass band. Anybody ever listen to some bluegrass? And all of a sudden they're playing along, all of a sudden it's the, it's the fiddle player's time to shine. And he's just going after it. And a lot of that stuff for those guys, it's just ad-libbing. Like, we don't have music for this, we're just going to do it. It's because I know the rules and I know how to play and what to play. You don't have to lay it all out there for me. I know within my rules, within my boundaries, what to do. And I love that example because that is for us. Because it answers the question, all right, well, what does freedom mean? It is freedom within something. It's freedom within Jesus Christ. It is not Jesus set me free so I go do whatever. It is Jesus set me free so I can live for him and I have freedom within that. Thank you very much, Donald. I'm sorry. That, that is my fault. Um, and then he says there in verse 15, just kind of uh, just pointing out that you can do this the wrong way. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. And so uh, there's a way that we can even use our freedom to tear each other down. And that happens sometimes, doesn't it? That we envy or we, uh, we, do, we see something in somebody else and we're jealous and we just tear them down instead of living the way we should for Jesus Christ. Verse 16, he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Well, that doesn't sound much like freedom, does it? That we're not to do whatever we want. We can't go yell things in crowded theaters. We can't go do things with consequences. Within Jesus, there are things that we can do, and we are free to live our life. Let's look at how that looks. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Are you led by the Spirit? We love Acts 2.38, don't we? Repent and be baptized. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is calling these very people who knew that teaching to walk, to live by the way of the Spirit. So there's this contrast that there are things that I might desire to do that are of the flesh versus ways I can live which are of the Spirit. And he says, if you live by the Spirit, if you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're not under the law. That is freedom. Quit putting yourself back under rules that you shouldn't be under. That it should never be Jesus plus something. But Jesus is enough. That's, that's Hebrews in a, in a nutshell right there. Jesus is enough. Okay, look what he says here. If I can get to the next slide here. So I just, I put this up here to say what is freedom. 
I, uh, I remember when my sister was young, and I, I think I've already told stories about her, um, and I probably shouldn't. I've got to watch out what I say, because at home, you know, like everything is sermon material. And so sometimes I'll be, you know, I'll have my phone out, you know, taking a picture or video of something the kids are doing, and Katie will go, this is just for us. <laughs> like she, she's already thinking, oh, yeah, he could use that, and I don't, I don't want him to. And so, hi, honey. Um, but uh, so I've got I've to watch what I do. But my, my sister, when she was young, um, she, she, got, she got in trouble one time, and, and she really kind of talked back to my parents. She said, I cannot wait till I have kids because I'm not going to get on to them like this. By the way, she has two girls now. I want you to go ask her that, you know, if we ever get, get her to visit. And I want you all to ask her about that, how that worked out. But, but part of this question of, of what is freedom, uh, really there's a question within it that says, well, what is your freedom taking you to? Okay, so I could say I have freedom to do these things. Well, where is it leading you? Is that where you want to go? Where Paul has just challenged you to, you, go, you have freedom in the Spirit. You walk by the Spirit. And so how many of you, uh, you thought, man, I want my kids to be free. They want, I want them to experience the fullness of freedom in the United States. So I'm not going to get on to them. How would that work out? I got kids looking at parents, parents looking at kids. <laughs> And so, so freedom in some, some ways is not good, right? So we see that. We know that. It's not a hard concept. Uh, but when we talk about freedom, a lot of times we're thinking, don't tell me what to do or what to say or how to act, right? But Paul's talking about something greater here. Uh, he says uh, there in verse 19, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. He says, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, as Americans here in Texas, you have the freedom to participate in any of this, don't you? Whether it's legal or not, right? We can participate in any of this stuff. And so freedom for you can be to follow this. But what does Paul say the consequence of following this is? Last verse. Those of you who live like this will not, what church? So part of asking what is my freedom or what is freedom to me is where do I want to go with it? And so I live like this because I'm, I'm a free man and I want to do this. Well, where is it taking me? And so we can sit here this morning. We can say, hey, I've been baptized and Jesus has saved me, but I live like this. And Paul says, no, because if you live like this, if you give your life over to living a life of the flesh, he says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. He gives us the contrast here. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit. And I told him first service today, I said, I've got a beautiful uh, video. Again, not sharing the family stuff. I could have. I think it would have been fine. But Evan, when he was like two or three, and he attended a Mother's Day out at, at a, I think it was a Baptist church. And, and so he sang this, and uh, he had it all down. He, he, couldn't, uh, uh, he couldn't say everything very clearly, but it was the cutest thing in the world. 
Anybody know this song? But the fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so even as a two- or three-year-old, he would sing that. It's the cutest thing. But at the end, they taught him like to go, oh, oh, oh. And then he would start singing like Mickey Mouse. He'd go, love, joy, peace, patience. It's, it's the cutest thing. But he didn't even know what it meant. But for us, when we come to something like this, we, we need to know what this means because he has contrasted. You can live a life of freedom in the flesh, like you are free to do this. And the consequence, the end, the end of the race, so to speak, is that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit. So when I say fruit of the Spirit, that, that says when I look at something, here is the evidence that it exists, that it is the way I say. So if I, if I take you to an apple tree and it doesn't have apples and you don't know what an apple tree looks like, how are you going to know it's an apple tree? There's no apples. And so when, when, when you say, I'm a Christian, what do the fruits of your life show? Do the fruits of your life show evidence that you are a follower of Christ or does it point back to this list we just read? And so he says, the fruit, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in you, love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is also patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, against such things there is no law. That's freedom. That you are free in Christ and that the Holy Spirit can work within you, that God can draw you to himself to where your life shows this evidence, this fruit, that I am a Christian because I do have love. I do have a, a joy, a patience that this doesn't make sense. Anybody right now in your life, uh, Looking back, you think, man, God has really worked in me because I don't know how I'm this patient anymore or I'm this kind or this joyful. Anybody there? Yeah. You know, we, we can't see these things in the moment, but, but, you know, I think big swaths of our life, you know, we look back five, ten years and we say, man, God was doing something. That's what I'm having to tell myself with this housing stuff. Several of you have asked me about the housing and our appraisal got moved back another week. I'm like, all right, God, I know you're doing something. <laughs> uh, most of the time, my pessimism kind of takes over anyways. Like, this is never going to happen. I'm just going to commute from Arkansas. It's just like, my mailing address is always going to be up there. But God can work within us, and he will. And that's what this series is about, is that, that if we live lives wanting God to do something with us, we walk in step with the Spirit, that this is what will be evident. Against these things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So again, that Acts 2.38, that you have the gift of the Spirit. Continue to walk with the Spirit. Now, again, on my mind as I preach something like this, uh, the one thing I want to be clear on is that you will not do so in perfection. You will not have a perfect walk. Anybody live long enough to know that? Yeah? And so when we come to something like this and you say, it is so hard for me to live this way, I don't want to beat yourself up. I just want to encourage you, get up and keep walking. 
Again, we, we, I've mentioned recently that, that David was called a man after God's own heart, a man, a man who killed somebody, who uh, had adultery, had all these things. But the thing was with David was he got up and he repented of what he did. He realized his heart was broken. He said, God, I'm sorry. And he got up and started walking again. And that's the challenge for you. That's the challenge for us, that, that we have that freedom in Christ to get up and keep moving. And God is faithful to forgive us to bless us and to draw us to himself. He says, let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So even church folks can look around the room sometimes and desire the gift that he has or she has or whatever, and I'm not enough, or I think he's got a little promise, but I need to squish that because I like doing it, and he might be a little better. And so even as church folks, we can look around and we can uh, berate other people. We can knock them down a peg. And that's not of the Spirit. But as we walk in step with the Spirit, do not be conceited. Don't think you're the best. Uh, one of the best mindsets I think we can have a church, as a church is that we're always training our replacement no matter what we're doing. That the next person up needs to, needs to walk alongside us. The next chapter up, Paul says this. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap. What's that, church? Eternal life. And so though you may not have thought about freedom being within something, that maybe we've always thought about freedom just being the absolute freedom to do whatever we want. But Jesus says, if you have freedom, you have freedom within me. And if you walk with the Spirit, you will inherit eternal life. And so the question is, what do you want? What do you desire? Do you desire to chase those things of the flesh, which may be very attractive? Those things that grab our attention, that, that grab hold, and, and we think are so, so much fun. We think about them all the time or whatever the case may be. They just seem to always be grabbing for our attention. And we've got to ask, is that the road I want to travel or is it something else? Is it something greater? And that's what Paul is offering here. In John 8, I had to throw this in there. I just love this because uh, he says, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will what, church? Set you free. So you find freedom within Jesus and his teaching. That truth, that understanding about who Jesus is and what he has done for you will set you free. They answered him and said, we're Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? You know who you're talking to, Jesus? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be what church? Free indeed. And so do we want to chase a freedom that leads to destruction and chase it for just a little bit? Or do we want to submit ourselves to Jesus Christ and find freedom in following him and following a life of the Spirit that leads to eternal life? It's so hard to do sometimes, isn't it? 
that we feel like the here and now is just available. We can grab it. It's, it's hard to look in the future and say, I want that, and I'm going to do all the things it takes to get that. As soon as I said that, I thought, no, that, that, that sounds like you're working your way into heaven. No, but I am participating with God. That God wants to continue doing a work within us. And that he will be faithful to bring it to completion as we started this series with. But I am saying with my life that, God, I want to follow you. Uh, Paul Waddell, he says this, he says, if we ask how we can attain a truly good and happy life, Christianity answers that we will be happy when we are what God calls us to be. He said, people of goodness, kindness, mercy, and forgiveness, people who come to life in loving and serving others. Boy, I love that. I love that quote. Uh, this, this book is Happiness and the Christian Moral Life, and that's what he contends is, is happiness is, is natural for us all to pursue. So we all want to have happiness in life. He said the thing that's unnatural is for us to know what actually brings true happiness. So I'm always chasing that next thing. That's a, that's a lesson I'm teaching my son Evan, who's uh, turning eight tomorrow. He, uh, he wanted something. I can't even remember what it is right now. And I said, all right, I just want to make this point really quickly. I think it was a new game or something. I said, anything you buy new, you, you feel like you have to have it. Like adults in here, you know, right? I mean, still, we know it. We've been there. Doesn't matter, new vehicle, doesn't matter what it is, new watch, new electronics. We have to have it. It's the greatest thing. Like, I'm focused on it. And I said, but a little while down the road, that thing we bought is old and dirty, and the new thing has come out, and it's much better. And so I was able to use that, that moment as a teaching tool for my son. I said, remember that game that I bought you? And you had to have it, and you played it all the time. I said, when's the last time you played it? He said, it's been a while, Dad. And he got that message. I was, I was so proud of him. But we're all that way, and so we don't understand what actually brings true happiness or true freedom when Jesus is saying, hey, look at me. I do. And if you walk in my ways, you inherit eternal life. Is that what you want? Because as we think about our freedoms, and we, we're happy to have them in our country, but again, our freedom in Christ is much greater than that. Because what does it profit us if we gain the whole world or all the freedoms therein and we lose our souls? I don't want that for me, my family, and I don't want it for you either that we're here to encourage, that we're here to uplift, and as we go, as um, I, I told first service, I said, listen, every time I preach, I'm not preaching at you. I want, I want to be right down there with you, that we walk together. And that some days, you're going to need to pick me up, Miss Merle. And some days, I may, I may need to pick you up because you're down. Uh, one of the things I, I heard at, at Harding I loved was, you know, we, all, we used to say that, you know, church is, is not a museum for saints, but it's a hospital for sinners. And one of my professors said, yes, but not everybody in the hospital can be in ICU at the same time. Right? Somebody's got to take care of somebody else, right? And I love that. And I think that's the picture of church. And I think when we get through that through our minds, we'll, we will quit all the other stuff that goes along with this. And we'll get serious about loving one another, encouraging one another, being there for one another.
Because I know sitting in the seat, sometimes it feels like, well, they've all got it together, and I don't. When the case is that they might have it a little better together today, but what about the next day, okay? So I just want to encourage you to continue living in freedom, but to live in the freedom that comes from Jesus Christ, to walk with his spirit and all those fruits of the spirit to be evident in each one of our lives, that as we go from this place that we're not just claiming I'm a Christian, but our life shows that that's who we are, that we follow Jesus and the fruits of his spirit, the Holy Spirit, are evident in each one of us. Because that'll change a church, that'll change a community. I pray that for us. We're going to offer a time of invitation right now. Uh, if you would uh, uh, like prayers, uh, I'd love to pray with you. Uh, if you have uh, Connect cards, we'd, we'd, after this song, we'd love to grab those and, and read those as well. Uh, but if, you, if you'd like to put on Jesus in baptism and begin that walk with him to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so you can start that walk and walk alongside all of us, we'd love to do that today. Would you come as we stand inside?